It's Friday, August 26, 2016, and you're listening to episode 412 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 47 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. My name is Chad. My name is Pat. And this is Chris. So, you know, Andy Warhol did a lot of different kind of art. And drugs. And drugs. He didn't just do, like, painting and prints and stuff. And he was also, like, a part of bands and music. But he also did, like, filming. He he did films and, and he, camera stuff. So his whole thing was shock and surprise and getting people off balance and making them think about other things. And he would do this, like, all the time, even if he wasn't doing a show or something. And so he had a lot of famous friends, a lot of actors. And then there were a lot of people who would like, who were famous, who were like, I need to be seen with Andy Warhol because it'll, it's he's so famous and it'll, you know, make my star rise. Well, so when people like that would come around, what he would do is he wouldn't say anything to them and he'd lead them into a room and he'd sit them on a chair and he'd put a camera in front of them and like a film camera and he would start recording and then he would walk out of the room. Wouldn't give them any context, wouldn't tell them what to do, no script, no like, well, can I just get up and leave here or what? And he would just film people sitting there. Well, because it was Andy Warhol and he had this gravitas and, you know, obviously there was something great going on. They wouldn't do anything. They would sit there and they would be, they get really uncomfortable. And that's what he was filming is filming their discomfort. And so there was this one actor. It, it might've been, I don't remember who it was, but there's this famous male actor. And he was telling the story about this is what Andy Warhol did. And so this guy, like he went to, you know, the method school and he was he knew some very serious acting technique. And so Andy Warhol sat him down and turned the camera on and he and the guy was like, "Okay, you fucker. Okay, I know what you're doing. And so what he did is when you act, acting is not just saying things. You can act and not say a word and not make any noises. And so that's what he did. He's like, well, I did, you know, the the Leopold stare. Or something like, you know, I'm making that up, but it, it's right. like this technique where, you know, it's like, I'm going to emote anger. And so he did that. He just emoted this anger as he sat there. And then he's like, then I'm going to emote, you know, the Isabel sadness technique or something like that. So he would sit there and then he was like, very sad. And he had his sad face on and stuff. And he just kept doing this and doing this, never saying a word, going through all of these like really intense emotions until he got up and left. And he heard later on that Warhol got it and played it and was furious. He was absolutely <laughs> beside himself with anger that this guy totally flipped the script on. That bro. is freaking hilarious because to me, that is what the joke, that is the punchline of all of this avant-garde and counterculturalism well, and here's the all thing. that. The punchline has always been it is far more pretension than it is substance. But I think you would like Warhol. Now, I don't know if you like his art, but the, the philosophy behind what he was doing, he was making fun of that pretension. He's the guy who would take a piece of artwork that's on a pillar knock the artwork off the pillar, declare the pillar artwork, and then sell it to a schlub for 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, he went around, there was an art show, right? And there's all these really expensive paintings on the wall that he painted, all these prints and stuff. And people are just throwing money at him, throwing money at him. Well, he's a printer. He he knows printing techniques. So him and his assistants, when somebody would buy a piece of artwork, they would take a paper bag with handles, 
take it over to the printing machine that was like right in the gallery. He would create an original piece of artwork, print it onto the bag, and then shove the artwork in the bag and, and hand it to them. <laughs> and people were freaking out about this because they didn't know what to do. I mean, it's like, wait a minute. What's the, is the art this thing I just bought for $500,000 or was the art what the free the bag he just I, gave me? I think this actually happened. I think this isn't urban legend. Yeah. If I remember, I'll put this link in the show notes if I can dig it up. And maybe it's an urban legend or maybe it's a mm. joke, but I think it was real where there was an art show where apparently someone dropped their glasses on the floor, <laughs> but it was in like a conspicuous corner or something right. underneath a light. And, you know, there's that famous photo that Yoko Ono took of John Lennon's glasses after he'd been shot or yeah. whatever, and they're they're shattered and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But someone simply dropped their glasses, like their reading glasses yeah. just fell out of pocket onto the floor. And people were like gathering around and discussing what it meant and taking pictures <laughs> yeah. of it. And it was literally just a dropped pair of glasses. There was nothing to it. it was- I don't know if that's an urban legend or not. It's it's hilarious if it's true. I know that there are lots of cases of somebody doing some modern art and it is like, we'll, we'll say shattered glass. Yeah. In fact, there was one at the St. Louis Art Museum that is, I mean, just a the floors covered with shattered glass. And then the cleaning crew comes in at night and they, they clean it, it up. up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that happens all the time. All right. So, Chad, you said you had an idea. Yes. That you want to pitch. And I've not heard this idea. Yeah. You've not teased this to any I've, of us. At least unless I've told it to Dawn. Okay. Yes. Hmm. So you it's s- not that idea. Brodor has given Can me Can I the just eyes. go on record? I'm tired of being teased by Chad. <laughs> so <laughs> who isn't? He'll give you a bro job later. <laughs> but you had an idea, and I don't have any idea what this is. Okay, right. so you're going to pitch this to us mm-hmm. and to the audience, and we are going to give you completely unfiltered um, opinion. Yes, unfiltered opinion. And, and then there's some place we want to go with this, not even knowing what your idea right. is. We've already talked about there's a topic mm-hmm. we kind of want to go into from this. So what is your idea? So I had this idea and it involves a webcam, Brodor. <laughs> and discomfort. <laughs> I'm listening. Go on. Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the idea is pretty simple. It's a vlog. It's a, I want to start a YouTube channel uh-huh. where it's just me. And I'm doing weekly about 10, 15 minute long videos, probably around the 10 minute mark, because after you get 10 minutes with just one person, it you, does get difficult. Yeah, you, you overstay your welcome. And the topic, shockingly, is going to be about role playing games, but it's not going to be topics that like we cover here on Fear the Boot, where it's like, well, how do I be a better GM? Well, I'm this, I'm Chad. Hi, guys, because every f-ing YouTube channel starts with hi, guys, or hey, yeah. guys. And I'm not, hey, guys, to- it's so and so. Like, comment, and subscribe. I'm never doing that. It annoys the piss out of me because everybody does. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. So what I want to do is I want to talk about role-playing topics that are specific to the game or games that I'm playing right now. So everyone knows I'm playing Blades in the Dark. I'm running Blades in the Dark, and I would be talking about Blades in the Dark. It would be a lot of gaming stories of what the group is doing, but it would go beyond that. It's not just, well, here's the log of what we did this Sunday. We didn't f***ing play. It wouldn't be that. It would be more about this is what I was trying to achieve or this is what I thought would happen or this is what I thought they would do. And here, let me give you some context. So again, there would be gaming stories about it. So let me give you some context about like the situation, what's going on and stuff and what I was trying to do as a game master. 
and what happened versus what I expected. I would also do player profiles. I would profile each of the player's characters. I would profile my NPCs. I would also profile the players themselves. I would talk about, you know, this is what's like the game for Pat. This is what it's like to run a game for Pat. This is what kind of gamer he is, or at least how I view him to be. So sort of a GM diary. It's sort of a GM diary, but I don't run games all the time. When right. I'm finished with this game, I fully expect to transition back to a player. I would still keep the thing going. And I would talk about my character and the other characters and what I think the game master's doing. I would talk about the story, the gaming stories, what's going on, the techniques, where I'm seeing it work, where I'm seeing it not work, what I would have done as a game master or what I would say, like, I could never pull this off as a game master. This is so amazing that I, I wish I was this good sort of stuff. But in, like I said, on Fear the Boot, we talk about specific topics. We talk about how to be a better game master. We might give one or two anecdotes, but it is topical. It is it is informational. It is debate. It is taking the idea and chewing it up. And that's not what I'm doing. It is going to be more centered around my game. So there is going to be a lot more in the way of me giving context about the game and gaming stories and what's going on. I love gaming stories. Mm -hmm. I love hearing good gaming stories. I think it's a really interesting idea. And even if I'm not a player in a game, mm -hmm. having the gaming story, your context as the game master and the continuity from one game session to the next, mm -hmm. even though you'd be talking about a specific, a, a different subject each episode, it's still the same game. I think that's, I think it's a really interesting idea. Hmm. Thank you. I think it has two big points of appeal. Mm -hmm. I think point one is something that is going to be unique to a relatively small subset of tabletop gamers, mm -hmm. which is you come into it with some degree of name recognition. Sure. I, and so, I mean, I think that's going to get it eyes. Yeah. You know, that game Chad keeps talking about on Fear the Boot. Yeah. Well, here's all about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and we've seen this in the past where when one of us sort of tries to strike out and do something separate. We win an award. Well, but because I won an any Pat, did I ever tell you that? Sorry. Yeah, he's an old... <laughs> you won an any. I did. Wow, congratulations! Thanks, man. Yeah, it wasn't this year. It was a couple years back. But I, I decided I, to give the any committee a rest this year. <laughs> hey, you, you that you skate that son of a bitch for as long as you can, brother. That's but right. For all of us, our last name is from Fear of the Boot. Yes, and that's you know mm -hmm. that's just how it works. But. I think the second thing is one of the bits of feedback we have gotten on this show, and it's not just the show. This this is true for a lot of role-playing media, is there are a lot of people where they're either unable to game right now because mm -hmm. there, there are no gamers around them, or life has caught up with them and they can't game anymore, or whatever the issue is. And so they live vicariously mm -hmm. and, and kind of get that fix. Through listening to other people talk about gaming and talk about games and such. And while, as you said, there are certain anecdotes we tell and there are certain gaming stories we have absolutely beaten beyond death. <laughs> we don't give like a weekly update. Of, yeah. Well, here's what happened in our game this past week. And here's what's going on in the story. And here's how Wayne helped it and so-and-so mm -hmm. screwed it up and whatever. <laughs> but... 
This is past the only other person in the game. I'm trying so hard not to look at him while I'm talking. <laughs> Wayne did this thing, and, and then someone. It's like, I suddenly realized it's like Chad's running the game. Pat's the only person playing it because Brodor and I aren't. So I just can't look up. I'm going I'm to look at this deck of cards from Inkwell. Because it can't be mad at me. But anyway, I, I think uh-huh. there is some value to it in that. In that while I personally am not all that big in wanting to hear gaming stories, there are a mm-hmm. lot of people that do. And part of that motivation is that, yes, they might enjoy the subject to the point that even though they are actively participating in the game, they just want to be more and more immersed in it. But there's mm-hmm. other people where hearing those stories is how they get their fix. Yeah. It's how they get you know, whatever it is they're after. And so I think you've got something there. Now, I think the point where this could go wrong, Mm -hmm. and I think there's two big places to go wrong. I have a face for radio. Well, no, I don't think that's <laughs> No, honestly. you've lost a bunch of weight, and now you want to show off. <laughs> that's right. I get I mean, it. By the way, really Pat, you're looking shirt. good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're looking good, man. Thanks. I think I was going to just sit there and flex. Flex <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm doing the strong lifts thing, so, you know, I'm, yeah, like, I'll, working I'll out and that's, stuff. Yeah. 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 But I'll, I'll just be, like, this hairy guy without a shirt on. I'll never mention it in the po- in the video cast, but it'll, it'll just be, you know, <laughs> it'll, it'll be my shtick. <laughs> okay, yeah. And you can get, like, one of those bow tie collars. You're right. Yeah. But the the first thing is, I think you've got to be careful to keep the stories relatable enough to be interesting. I think there is the possibility mm-hmm. that even without all of the extra junk that tends <laughs> to get added, because I mean, yeah. you're right, every freaking YouTube video, hey, s- skip the first 30 to 60 yep. seconds, because it's like, hey guys, this is so-and-so, and I'm from such-and-such, and, such, and oh. today I'm going to oh, show you a I video about how to walk through this. Now, I picked up this game back and blah, 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 and you see, I've been stuck oh. on this one part, and I thought some of you guys might be too, so I decided to put out a video. Now, this is kind of similar to so-and-so's video, but oh, what I'm going to show you, God, you're it's like, me dude, Ill. I just want to know how to freaking flip the switch at the end of the dungeon. Right. Just just don't ever stop talking in that voice, though. It's beautiful. <laughs> Make Link walk over to it and show me how you got past that trap. Yeah. Shut up. So but, in, but secondly, yeah. mm-hmm. is I think you have to watch the reverse extreme yeah. of not saying things that either are or come across as intrusive yeah. or offensive to the individuals. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. even if the I audience... I can't believe Pat did that thing. Pat wrecked the game again mm-hmm. by whipping it out. Actually, and then taking out his phone. Actually, Pat's phenomenal in the game because <laughs> because he's the leader of the gang. See, mm. this this would be an example of something that I would talk right. about. I, I would talk about how Pat is the leader of the gang. Yeah, and he everybody voted and everybody decided, and Pat was somewhat reluctant to to do it, but you know he did it, and he's a great leader because ninety percent of the time he doesn't do anything. I don't mean does nothing in the game; he doesn't right. lead. And that that sounds counterintuitive, but it's great no, in role playing. He, he, he doesn't micromanage. He right. lets people. He knows their skill set. He lets them accomplish people what they're good at. Do what they're doing, but the pursue thing is, their own interests. Right. Keep in the end, though, leaders are there for a reason because people will kind of branch out and go out and go out, and the chaos will ensue, and then it'll and then Pat will put down his goddamn phone, <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll say, 
what in the hell is going on here? I've been surfing porn for the past yes. two hours. How dare you do this? So everybody get back here. We're going to do this thing now. So you basically yes. have right. to catch Pat in his refractory right. period. Yes, that's true. And, and then things get done. And, that's right. So In that brief 15 minutes, I get done. He does. Holy shit. It, man, man it, and it's great. So I, you know, I already know the domain name. I'm going to buy and I'm going to redirect <laughs> this to your site, to your to your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, chatty, like chatty Kathy or something yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, it, this needs to be chatty cam with two d's, C H A D D Y C A M. Chatty cam. Well, I've already got the URL for it. I, I, I'm going to call it uh, chatty cam. RPGreports.com. Oh, okay. If you already have that, I don't. I don't have the site up, but I already have the. But you own the yeah, yeah. you own the domain name then. RPG but reports. Chatty cam. I, I want this Scott <laughs> <laughs> or Chad dot like fearthewebcams yeah. dot com or something. Or you can and do there'll be like a little like tip thing, and nobody's clear exactly what if they tip you it means. You have to do that, like that's a, awesome. You do I a dot it. Chad top level domain where you could be like chatty dot chad yeah or something like that or Although, did you ones? know that dot chad domain names are like five hundred dollars a piece are they really they're insane yeah yeah well, i or I could do one of those ones like they're doing now where they like bitly or something where mm-hmm. you get the super domain yeah which is the last for anyone who doesn't know super domain is the last part like dot com is right. a super domain the middle parts of the domain the first part like www is the subdomain so like mail dot Okay, I, I have to completely com. derail the episode here for a second and tell a story. Okay. So, I own MorningSky.com. With an E. With an E, With because an e, right. it's Morning Sky Studio, and it's Dawn, my wife, Morning Sky, our son, Morning Sky. I'm so clever. Right. So, I always thought I would love to own Morning sky.com right because so i could just tell people so i don't have to be like oh well it's at morningsky.com but be sure to add the e at the end s-k-y-e i just want to say morningsky.com and then i have both of them go to my site so i've been watching morning sky for a while now and it was like either some realtor or some home hobby thing i mean it's like a real mom and pop not a really a business site sort of thing. I'm going to derail your derail. Did you know I almost sniped Battletech.com? Did you? Oh, you should have. I don't know. I, I had a back order on it. Yeah. But when FASA fell apart, before it got picked up, there was a time where Battletech.com was sitting there and was about to expire, and I had it back ordered. Yeah. It just so happens there was somebody in front of me in the back oh, order, but damn. I almost got Battletech.com. Continue your story. So, so anyway, I know because I check it every now and again, and right. I noticed it, there was no site there anymore. I'm like, oh, my God, is this thing for sale? Because we're not talking about Coke versus Pepsi.com or something like that. It's going to be a zillion dollars. Morningsky.com. So I go to a registrar and I put a bid in for it. I put a bid in for like $10, $15. I get an email back from the broker selling it $18,000. Oh, totally worth They it. want $18,000 from me and I don't even answer the email. Over the past month, this broker has been emailing me nonstop, and I've been ignoring him. You want to put an end to it, and this might send you to oh, jail. No, oh, I, I, okay. what I did today, because I finally got sick of it, because the guy was like, well, listen, we could set up a payment plan. Well, hey, you know, we could, wow. we could divide it up, or we could do, you know, and he, he was coming up with all these things. And then so finally today I said, the price you are asking is at best comical. 
Someone is looking to make a payday off of a dot-com that will never pay out. For my own amusement, I will offer you a bid for MorningSky.com for $20. And I will not go one penny over that. (laughs) Send. Haven't heard back from him yet. That's awesome. See, what I was going to suggest would probably send you to jail, but it would put an end to it, which is send him a pick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done that too. Maybe if he come, maybe if he gets back, if you get one more, then one that, more, yeah, that's where it's going to yeah. go. That's the straw <laughs> that breaks the camel's back. Or you could it, even set up the warning, be like, "Look, sir, if you send this back, <laughs> the answer is still going to be twenty dollars, but I will, I will. I said not one penny higher, but I will throw in a." See, in, but I will put it one penis higher. Yeah. I, will go, yes. I will go one P higher. What, what, wrong kind of penny, but I will go that higher. Yes. So that I will That's throw right. that in for free <laughs> as part of my bid. And believe me, just like MorningSky.com, that is totally worth $18,000 in right. some diluted mind. Mm-hmm. See, in my in my imagination, there's some 15-year-old kid in his mom's basement, and one of the walls is just filled with pics he just printed <laughs> off from this exact scenario just all from around the country yeah. he's, he's, he's a big a, wall of them he's a cyber squatter exactly. thinking right. to himself oh, oh this is working my Tyler's plan is working for college yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway i interrupted sorry right 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 so all right I, I think the other thing is just to be sure not to say anything obviously it's offensive to the people yeah. that are participating in the game mm-hmm. Because if you burn your primary source material, <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that was certainly one of the things. I mean, we have many stated and unstated rules of Fear mm-hmm. the Boot. But one of the things that we have done both because, one, we don't want to destroy our lives. And two, I would like to think we're generally ethical and moral people yeah. is, <laughs> OK, yeah. I'd like to think 75 percent of the hosts are ethical and moral people. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Chris would be in there, so Pat definitely isn't moral. I'm chaotic good, so I don't know where that falls. And I'm chaotic neutral. Mm -hmm. Okay, so (laughs) I'd like to think that I'm a decent person. And so... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're all fuckers. Yes. I'll think of that. But don't turn that show into that. But, but, yeah, yeah. the point is that would, one of the unspoken rules of this is mm-hmm. we're not looking to burn our lives right. or to turn anyone else into unethical show entertainment, which is why there's many times we either redact or alter names mm-hmm when we tell stories is because we're not trying to turn this, you know, this is yeah. some kind of, a, I mean, we're never going to make fun of Bim to his face. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it, we're not trying to right. be that kind of show. And in this case, obviously it's mm-hmm. not what you're setting out to do either. Right. Plus on top of that, obviously if it creates problems, I would presuppose you're going to choose your friendships over <laughs> that YouTube channel. So that's the yeah. end of the YouTube channel. I don't know. That's sweet YouTube money. Well, yeah. That's right. And, and I think it's, I think you've obviously got the energy and the mm. passion for it to be a good outlet for you in terms of yeah. your, you know, you're very talkative on the show. You've always got, you know, solid show ideas and there's clearly a lot more about the game and about mm. your gaming experience that you want to discuss that you don't have the opportunity to discuss on this show. He is really pumping up for that bro job later. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, I'm, I'm, I am so going to fill you. <laughs> Aww. 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 Poor 
part on. No, no, keep keep going, keep going. <laughs> Pat, oh it's, God, it's like the proud that? father look. <laughs> I think he has like a tear. <laughs> Pat's eldest. <laughs> Duncan's guy just got moved down. You know, he no longer gets two portions of the inheritance anymore. I think it's, not only do I think it's a cool idea, I think the domain name's good, and then mm-hmm. I think that it expands into something more. Yeah. Right. So you have the opportunity for other, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, hey, so Dan, we want you to start doing, yeah. you know, your own thing or your own, you know, reports from whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was thinking, too, is that I need whoa. a gnarl puppet. <laughs> Dude. And he's going to have his own show. <laughs> that's genius. That's that's Scary. not that far off from, from very good. Yes. No, that's I mean, like, that's <laughs> real. Right. That's a great idea. <laughs> okay, so I think we're transitioning into the second part of this topic. Right, 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 right. I want to tell people about the idea that you had that you never did that makes me want to flip this goddamn table over. Oh, well, and there's a story there about that ties. This actually will all tie yeah. kind of crazy. But if unless the story ends with you're doing this, I don't want to hear it. Okay. Because I am so mad at you. So I'm so mad at you. I'm, top... I'm getting myself mad, damn it. Pat, do you have any idea what they're talking about? Nope. Okay. Not a clue. You guys will get mad. You will get mad when All you right. hear this. So the topic that Chad did tell me about, and he actually mentioned on the forum. So I know, Broder, you can't see it from work because... Are you? Oh yeah, yeah. The Gestapo will I, come, and I, I was trying to think of something inoffensive to say and had nothing. So I'll, that's fine. <laughs> Gestapo will come. We'll go with that. Um, but you work at a place where it's inappropriate to catch Pokemon. We'll leave it at that. It follows <laughs> the no, news knows what I'm talking about. But the point being that the topic is why are there ideas that we have mm-hmm. had that we don't pursue, despite the fact that we have pursued others yeah i mean if we just had one giant unbroken track record <laughs> of failure well then it'd be easy enough to identify the yeah. problem i mean it's like that old well we never succeed so why bother exactly or it's that old joke of the one thing all your dysfunctional relationships have in common yeah. is you mm-hmm. or unsatisfied relationships however exactly the phrase goes but uh-huh. it's <laughs> it's a poster it's a horrible poster it's a funny poster did you marry your high school sweetheart i did <laughs> Oh, did. Too, huh? yeah. Nice. He's like, oh, yeah, that's so right. I, I'm so terrible at relationships. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shut I'm, up. I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like really the only place you're batting zero is moms. I mean, otherwise. Yeah, you're... Well, yeah, and then just... you really can't pick them. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cool. with wives, you're batting a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, with podcasts, you're batting something over a thousand. Yeah. Isn't even possible, but it is possible. It's just Pat won't accept the math. <laughs> yeah, but, and he is our resident mathematician. Well, so, and that's yeah. why the planes that Pat designs don't successfully land in the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't know that was an Airbus until recently. That, that's some mm-hmm. cold that not many yeah. people are going to get. No, yeah. no, it's very, very. It's okay. not. It's not an inside joke. Okay. Anyway, yes, we we do topic. Topic. Yes. yes. Why it's, am I so mad? But why do some of our ideas actually succeed while others don't? Because clearly there has to be something other than us that is the consistent yeah. factor. Because, for example, Chad, you got several of your fruit award-winning <laughs> role-playing games out. Yeah. Obviously, Fear the Boot got I'm out there. On my third role-playing game actually right. almost done fear of the boot got out there in the course of over 10 years has only missed i mean maybe a small number a small double digit number like maybe something in the teens number of weeks of release and you know we've had a really good consistent track record in fact wayne 
I'm waiting to hear the story because Wayne's out for his birthday celebration right now. So happy birthday, Wayne. But and thanks for inviting us. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jerry. Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Wayne yeah. Sarah, she organized it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But Wayne was saying that he was just at Worldcon mm-hmm. and Liberated Syndication was president of Worldcon. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what Liberated Syndication is, Liberated Syndication is the company that hosts our podcast files, not our website. I actually own that server, but they host the podcast files. Okay. They provide the bandwidth to download the show. If you go to iTunes and download the show, it's ultimately coming from liberated syndication and liberated syndication was one of the first companies out there. Maybe the first, I don't know, specializing in podcasting support. When you got started in the podcasting game, when podcasting was first invented, if you went somewhere by Apple, yeah, <laughs> which it wasn't. You went to Liberated Syndication, and they are still, in terms of hosting, the 800-pound gorilla for the backside of, of the hosting stuff for podcasting. Wayne went by the Liberated Syndication booth at Worldcon, just because he was curious to talk to them, and the guy recognized him Wow! and said, I've really been wanting to talk to you because in our marketing pitches and stuff, we use Fear the Boot as an example of a consistent, high-quality, long-running podcast. Now, I've not heard this full story from Wayne yet. I just got this in text messages. But I'm like, because when Wayne texted me, he's like, the Libsyn guy was really excited to meet me. And I'm like, what Libsyn guy? What <laughs> Libsyn you, has a guy? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? And so I had not heard the full story hmm. yet. But the point being that clearly we can succeed at something. Something. Now, what Chad's <laughs> talking about yes. is... Oh, my God, I'm starting to get mad again. And, and the topic here is why do we succeed at some things <laughs> and not others, which I'll come back yeah. to in a second. But the thing that Chad's talking about is something that I've been sitting on for entirely too long and not done, which is the most expensive domain name that I have purchased. Mm. Uh, I purchased it. It cost me 500 bucks. It was wow. expensive, but it was nowhere near 18,000. Yeah. Was the domain name lookoutradio.com. Mm-hmm. All right. So lookout radio, I get why it was kind of expensive. Okay. Now I'm getting mad. Now I'm starting to get mad. Now that I know what this was about, <laughs> yes. you motherfucker, I know what that is about. I'm going to come down there and kick your ass. Yep. So, Pat, I'm still blissfully ignorant. You? I actually have, a, I have an idea now. I know what we're talking about. In the middle of Missouri, there is a place called Tom Sock Mountain. This is relevant. I'm not just giving you Missouri state history. Highest right. point in Missouri. It, that's what it's known for is yeah. the highest point in Missouri. It's the highest waterfall in Missouri. It is also not terribly far. If anyone remembers the story about the reservoir that broke yep. and wiped out miraculously, nobody, despite the fact that literally this flood destroyed the side of a mountain and carried a baby off with it. Yeah. Nobody died. There was a cabin with a park ranger, his wife. And their baby and the yeah. flood hit it like billions of gallons of water hit the side of this cabin and carried them. It off has done. Them it has done damage that has still not been repaired to the mm-hmm. countryside. And that baby went Moses style down mm-hmm. that water. And it's like whatever. And is fine. Crazy story. But anyway, point being atop of that mountain is a lookout tower mm-hmm. that you can you can actually go up. I can't because I'm a huge wuss about that. I've climbed it. But it's you can go up there. And so beneath that is an area called Arcadia. Mm-hmm. And Arcadia is a cluster of these kind of mid-sized to small towns, the sorts of towns that actually people predict would likely do the best after a cataclysm right. or whatever. Because of the fact that they're large enough to have the infrastructure survive, but small enough that the people would not outstrip the available resources. And these 
couple of towns. What I kind of pictured was what would happen if in Skies of Glass, these towns survived. And in case they, anybody doesn't know, what is Skies of Glass? Skies of Glass is a post-nuclear setting that, that you invented. Well, I invented back in 1995 and have been dorking around with since 1995 mm-hmm. and, and we did we've done some stuff with it on the podcast if you look role-playing games stories right, yeah. it's really amazing so i came up with this idea of what if there was a guy who was from arcadia who goes up to the top of, of this mountain mm-hmm. and goes to that tower and takes some of the equipment there and sets up a radio transmitter where what he's trying to do is basically see who else is out there because the town is totally isolated. It's, they are mostly, mostly isolated. isolated there, yeah. there are directions they know what's there. There's other directions where they don't. Mm. And so he's trying to see who else is out there, what's beyond some of the dangers that we can't cross, you know, what is, else is out there. And so he decides that he's going to make sort of a hobby out of going to this lookout tower that's on top of the mountain, and he's got a radio antenna up there, and he just sits there and says, hey, is anybody out there? Well, of course, over time, as you do this, you got to fill air with something. It's, yeah. it's going back to your Andy Warhol story. Mm-hmm. You've got a camera on you. You're going to do something. He's got, in this case, a microphone. And so he just starts talking. He starts talking about his life. He starts talking about what the weather's like, what's going on around town. And as the time goes on, it could expand out into other stuff where he starts kind of letting people in on stories like mm-hmm. somebody went missing. So there's some folks yeah. out looking for him. If you, you as know, he's telling it, it's a story about somebody missing. But as you tell it, it is an overarching plot, plot line. Exactly. That is a thread that runs and, through the episode. And you can have random people come on and be like, OK, so we do slice of life type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because once again, you just got to fill air because if yeah. somebody's going to respond you have to be talking for broadcasting. Them. You have to be broadcasting right. consistently. So he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to grab the town's pastor or I'm just going to grab somebody who, hey, if you don't remember what the national anthem sounded like for this country, or if you've never heard it, or if you don't know that where you live once had a dedicated waltz, uh, I've got somebody here who's going to hum it or who's going mm. to play a recording of what it would have sounded like on a piano or something like that. Yeah. And so but then he in addition to the slice of life stuff, he keeps coming back and telling these stories that at first start off small. It's local intrigue and stuff. But as he goes on, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, you know, yeah. other people might reply. He might get that response and it may or may not be what he's hoping to get. And so I had these, and, and all so of this I, is in character. It is not yes. Dan sitting behind a mic saying, "Okay." And then the guy said this, and then this guy said this. No, no, it's, he's broadcasting as, as the, right in a voice in a character. Yeah, and I, we actually we worked out a mid-Missouri accent for mm-hmm. the man. Uh, his first name was Elliot. I don't remember what his last name was, but because I live in Missouri, I actually know how to do a little bit of a kind yep. of a southern to mid-Missouri accent. Washington. So, yeah, Washington. Okay. They brought and some Warsh. harsh. They yep. brought a harsh into I, market. My, one of the worst beatings I ever got is when I took the dictionary to my mother and proved to her that there was no R in the word Warsh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man, she whooped my ass. But yeah, <laughs> the whole thing would be done in character mm-hmm. as this person. And I thought about maybe occasionally doing video elements to it. I, I, I never like thought that through too much but that was why i purchased Mm lookoutradio.com and i i actually 
got. I had one that was a Twitter feed yeah. where he, he wouldn't tweet because Twitter doesn't exist. The Internet doesn't exist post new. But what he would be doing is this would basically be like things from his scrapbook. These are quotes he's picked up or images of like recipes he's found or things he's taken mm-hmm. pictures of. But his Twitter feed would just be like his scrapbook of what he's picking up that doesn't get mentioned in his radio broadcast. Like I said, it could be something like, you know, advice on raising carrots in this climate. I mean, or it could be something more important. It could be like a, 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 like an ARG type clue to maybe a mystery he's doing that the first person in the, in the audience to solve before he solves it in the plot, you know, wins. Gets a t-shirt or two. Yeah, yeah. a t-shirt or so, a trip to Missouri. I don't know what you <laughs> What is amazing about this is the, the depth of the story and how subtle it is in that he's, the character is talking about just the things that are going on in life, but there are these plot threads that run through each of the individual stories. Cause each episode is about, you know, so this cow died today. Next one is, so boy got lost. So the next one is, Hey, we got the car started. Oh my God. That took three and a half years and it ran for five seconds, but belch smoke, but there's a main thread storyline that that does not necessarily connect them all but runs through all of them that tells this greater story and what really kills me about it is that dan cut a demo for it and the demo is goddamn amazing (laughs) if you listen to this demo if he dines to put it out there which he should and people listen to it He'll have to make the recording because people will be knocking down his door to listen to it. It's amazing. And Chad, here's where I'm going to tie everything we've been talking about together. And I'm Mm going to tie it even back to role-playing games. Because we can talk about role-playing game campaign ideas we never ran, Mm -hmm. role-playing games we talked about but never wrote, multimedia projects like Lookout Radio or like Chatty Cam. RPG. RPG. RPG reports. I'll start getting it right so people just, actually do go to the right URL. Chatty, Chatty Cam, just like Chad in like little pink boy shorts and like just a tight can, little. Can, yeah, yeah. Chad, Chad or bait. Yeah. <laughs> Chad or bait. <laughs> Unless you want to do Chatalingus. I didn't sigh hard enough. So. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, and if I can find that demo, maybe I'll even slap it to the end of this episode, just so people are talking. Tell about. me you lost it. No, well, I I didn't. I don't know where it is. Lost it? Not I deleted it. Lost yes. it. It's on one of two computers. I just need to figure mm. out which one. Yes. It's not deleted. Lost. It's there. I just have to find the audio. But the point being, and yeah, it was a teaser. It was not mm. meant to be. It's not the first episode. Right. Right. It was like a series teaser. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was thinking about this once again, both in terms of. The small scale of the role-playing game, and this is where I think the advice is applicable to the people at home, and all the way up to the the larger scale things of the multimedia projects that we've mm-hmm. thought about, books we've talked about writing, some of which we have written. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, two volumes of Sojourn got out there. Yeah. I got a short story in... You wrote a novel years it, ago. Yeah, years ago. It, it. I used to write serial fiction. I have a short story in an anthology or two that aren't mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point being that we can look at these things that we have done versus the things we haven't done 
And one of the questions that I had to answer for myself is what is the difference? Mm. Because it's certainly not one of interest because I've been interested in the things I, I do. I've had other people be interested in things I do. The very first fan I ever had in my entire life who wasn't somebody that was like friend or family was some woman who I think was from Georgia who was reading my serial fiction about Epoch of Rysos, which is my sci-fi mm-hmm. setting, and was a massive fan. Like, she became a huge fan. I don't know. I don't remember this woman's name, but this was back in like 2004. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was before Fear of the Boot, and she was a huge fan of my writing. But the point being... That I had to figure out what's the difference between them. Yeah. Because it's clearly not passion. Why is it that I have ideas for role-playing games that I don't ever actually write or don't ever actually run? And yes, sometimes it is because I got a tepid response from my players. And we've done episodes mm-hmm. about selling the game better and such. So I don't sure. rehash that. But I found there's something else. I'm not going to do this. This is just a this is mm. just a, a thought exercise. So everyone keep your pants on. But I think yep. One of the things that would get me to do a project is I need to start a Kickstarter for something I'm never going to do. The reason is because the minute that I would feel accountable to somebody, Mm -hmm. I would do it. Yeah. If I started a Kickstarter for something, I'm not going to do this. I'm just saying. I'm just making a point here. Thought exercise. If I started a Kickstarter for a trip to Mars, you owe something to someone else. Whereas all of these projects, like, Look out radio. Yeah. You only owe it to yourself because I've never talked about them. Yeah. And the other thing is there's no feedback loop of desire. There's no pull from anyone else. And I think another thing that I have to look at is the size of release. Yeah. Fear the boot is recorded in roughly 90 minutes for an episode, maybe, mm-hmm. and then released to something between like a 40 to an hour yeah. show. And when we cut these episodes, it's relatively small increments of time. And we are distributing these episodes to people that are used to consuming them. Mm-hmm. And because of the Patreon now, at least some subset of our audience is paying for. They are owed this yes, content. Absolutely. And, you know, we I totally respect the fact that they're investing in what we're doing. and They deserve this content. But even before that, I still felt like we had a social contract. Mm-hmm. There's an article. And I don't want to get caught deep in the weeds on this. But there was a, there was an essay that Neil Gaiman wrote sometime mm-hmm. back where the, the title of it, and it got quite a bit of traction. The title of it was uh, George R. R. Martin is not your bitch. Right. And right. what he was saying was he he's like, oh, you he doesn't owe you books. the seventh installment of yeah. A Song of Fire and Ice or whatever that series is called, The Game of Thrones. And I disagreed with him a little bit. I think he's I agreed and disagreed. I agreed with him in the sense that George R. R. Martin is not anyone's bitch. Right. And he can do things how he wants. And blah, blah, blah. I, I totally am a big believer in authorial ownership. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. But where I disagree with him a little bit is I think when you sit down and you sell someone a series or you set that expectation, mm. I think you owe it to the people that invested in book one or book two or book three to see that story they've been buying and paying your rent and your mortgage on. I think you have made a contract with them to see it through to the end. And in the same way, I feel even if there was no Patreon or even before there was a Patreon, Fear the Boot wasn't crowdfunded. Fear the Boot right. wasn't kickstarted. 
Fear of the Boot didn't have a GoFundMe page. None of that shit existed when yeah. we started. Yeah, this goes back to Dan had a Visa card. That was the <laughs> Visa was financing the show. Well, actually, U.S. Bank was. Visa's just the transactor. And but now I work for U.S. Bank. <laughs> so Chad now owns part of Fear of the Boot. But the point being that I still felt the obligation of a social contract. And I often wonder if you could take this down to the level of a role-playing game and say, you know, if I could get people to buy into it at a small thing, set more reasonable goals, create that desire, create that expectation, create that sense of obligation, which for many people would be a bad thing, but for me, I mm-hmm. think I need it. Would that keep me honest on, once again, the types of things that we do that maybe aren't applicable to a lot of our audience, all the way to the things that are ubiquitously applicable to our audience like actually following through on that super badass campaign you've been talking mm-hmm. about forever and never actually sat down and run and never actually sat down and you know explained that setting to your players or yeah. whatever all i gotta say is you have a phenomenal idea with lookout radio all right well i'll see if I, if I can dig it up by the time that this show releases then stay tuned after the outro music because I will tack this on to the end of this episode. If I cannot, I will find it and I will release it within the near future. Because once again, I know I didn't delete it. I just need to figure out which computer I put it on. So I just got to track it down. I know it is out there. So this episode was kind of all over the place. But man, I think this had some good content. Yeah. We were streaming a video game. And I guilted Dan into giving the sales pitch to all the people watching the stream for Lookout Radio. And he did, and it was like, it was not the, oh, bam, 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 elevator pitch. I mean, you gave the pitch for what the whole thing was about. Every single person on the stream is like, great, when are you going to do this? When can we start throwing money at you? The really genius part about this is that it goes back to an episode, you know, a few episodes back, where we were talking about augmented reality games. Mm. This is, I mean, what a fantastic marketing hook yeah. for the game itself, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you build a fan base with fear of the boot. Then you build a fan base with lookout radio. Then you publish. It's like he was listening to our conversation yeah. a couple of years. Cause ago. we actually, right. well, this is something Chad and I talked yeah, about. I mean, it's, it's great. It's, it's that, really a great mm-hmm. marketing opportunity is that as the podcast gets released, I could possibly coincide that with, tidbits of both setting but also rules for the yeah, game I, did we have this idea game. for like i, I, I think the that tiered you, stepped rules and, and i seem to remember that there's like some fiction that's just kind of waiting out there for all this kind of synergy to kind of come together that it's you know it's literally done yeah. uh for skies of glass it just needs to be maybe expanded on and edited and you know but it's pretty much good to go I don't know who wrote that. Oh, wait, that's right. It was me. And, and it Wayne. was Wayne. And Wayne. Yeah. Don't, don't not. <laughs> I said Wayne. Okay. I just we said well, Wayne. We like, couldn't it hear would, you. Well, hey. It, it, Open your goddamn ears, mother. <laughs> he's not, a, he's not actually now. a person. <laughs> so, I mean, like, okay. So, Chris, you know how, like, you became soulless as the years went on, like, as the ages stretched by? His body didn't disintegrate, but his soul did. Yeah. Your soul hardens over time, man. (laughs) Years on this earth, it'll make you ugly on the inside. Wayne was born a soulless gender, so it's it's just a different sort of thing. But anyway, I think that's where we're going to wrap this one up once again. If I can find it, stay tuned. If I can't find it, you're going to sit through our outro. So, (laughs) thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. Yeah. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2016. 
Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network. This is Elliot Foster. Is anyone out there receiving this, please respond. Mr. Foster. I repeat, this is Elliot Foster at Lookout Point. If you are out there, please respond. Arcadia Valley, if you're receiving this... If there's anyone receiving this... We will allow this experiment to proceed, Mr. Foster.